Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Terrific. How are you? I'm better now because you came in and you brought me a Penn Station chocolate chip cookie. I was supposed to bring it to you last week. We did it on we did our podcast on Zoom last week because they, that's right. Let the people hear it. That's the cellophane, baby. <laughs> um, the cellophane that I will lick the inside of when I'm finished with mine. Just kidding. Absolutely, but, I will. Yeah, I got no problem with that. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was from a couple episodes ago when we talked Mount Rushmore of cookies. If you have not heard that one, you can find it on. Was that last week? That no, was, that was yeah, 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 the, last yeah, last week, yeah, last week. So week. it's on, it's on YouTube, and it's on all the other platforms. You can find podcasts on. So there go check go. that one out. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Uh, keep them going. Google Play. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, it's on more. Nintendo. SoundCloud. Uh, yeah. SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud. Is that not SoundCloud? it? Yeah, SoundCloud. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Don't SoundCloud. let. I don't know when I'm saying the right words anymore. No, so I, I just I, start laughing. I'm trying to think of. I said Nintendo, and I, I, <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Um, <laughs> okay, so we have a lot going on today. We do. We got a good show today, man. There's a there's a little bit of sports going on. We got the uh, the we got a little uh, Reds news uh, that came down today. We've got uh, dearly departed slash. Get out of here, turkey boy. Uh, out of here, turkey. As well as uh, we've got our Mount Rushmore of birds that Adam has uh, brought into into the world today. And then we got our comedy special that we review every single week. This week is London Hughes, which was on Netflix. So, Adam, let's get started with the NFL picks. So, before we get into this, every single year that we've done this, we will get in and we will um we'll we'll pick three games against the spread every week winner at the end of the year has to do something the loser has to do something now this week uh i lost a bet a couple on the first week of the season i said that the rams would beat the bears by 181 points i I originally said 181 i took it down i had it at four scores i moved it to three the, the spread was seven and a half, I think. I said they'd win by three scores. I made you give me 20 and a half because I wanted the, and I took the over. I took, I, took, I took the Rams minus 20 and a half, and they won by 20. So I owe 50 push-ups today, which I'm going to give do during the show while I eat my Penn Station chocolate chip cookie. So that is giving you fuel to do the push-ups, and then the push-ups are burning the calories off. That's right, baby. It's it's the circle of life. Circle of life. That's how we do things. <laughs> so, I don't know if you uh, if you when you do them whenever you want to. Yeah. And, and and by the way, let me tell everybody, fifty push-ups for Chris is nothing. <laughs> that guy, you, you blew 50. you blew through the hundred that you did. I blew a through it months ago. It wasn't. It took me. Over an hour and a half to do a hundred push-ups. <laughs> but it, never, you never looked like you were straining. You never looked like it was hard. <laughs> Go back and listen to that podcast and listen to how hard I'm breathing every time I do ten push-ups. Breathing, but I'll tell you what, your technique did not falter. It, it, it you, you did them right. You look like you were healthy doing them. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a little out of breath, but I, I think everybody would be. Extremely out of shape. But uh, All right, so on that note, let's get into the NFL picks. Let's start the show off. So this week, I, or I should, let's go back to last week. Uh, I was 2-3 and three the first week. You were 0-3 oh the first week, so I've already got a hell of a head start on you. Yeah. Last week, who'd we pick? How'd we end up? Uh, Chris, I took Indianapolis, Houston, and Detroit, and I got two of the three correct. Hey, good work there, bud. Thank a you. A little two spot for you. That's a big comeback That's, after that over. It was important. It yeah. was important for me to not go over again. Um, so, like the Reds can't do anymore, I won the series. Uh, Tampa, you, say you had Tampa Bay, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the New Orleans Ooh, Saints, the Saint, yeah, the Saints lost, right? I lost the Saints game. I know I got the Bengals game. No, I got the Tampa too. I went two and three. Tampa, Tampa covered, didn't they? They won by fourteen. The spread was two and a half in the Bengals game, and they lost by three. Oh, the spread was three and a half at kickoff. That's what I was, was looking at. Two and a half at. on Wednesday. It was two and a half on <laughs> Wednesday. They lost by three. This half point is killing me. So, so I was one and three. You were one and two this week. Yeah. Or one. Yeah, and, yeah, yep, yeah. One, one for three, I should say. One for, one three, for right. three. Yep. So overall, three and three, and I'm up to two and four now. So I, I, I got it was this was a good I'm week for me. Fifty percent. I feel like uh, this week, if you guys are ready to bet. So here's the deal, though. We pick this off of Wednesdays spreads, all right? Because we do the show on Wednesday night. So this is Wednesday, Wednesday spread, and we just do it off ESPN because that's what we both have sitting in front of us on an app. So Adam, I'm gonna let you go first. And I'm going to knock off 10 of these 50 push-ups real quick. Okay. All right. So, for me, week three picks. Uh, Carolina Panthers are an eight-point favorite on the road in Houston. Carolina has not lost yet. Houston uh, won that first week against a, a bad, I think it was against the Jaguars. And then they lost last week. But I'm taking Houston at home as an eight-point underdog to cover that. So, Whoa, Houston's been terrible. Yep. Yep. But uh, I'm taking them at home. <sighs> San Diego is at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's a six and a half point favorite at home against San Diego. And I'm taking Kansas City to, after a really tough, really good game against that was an awesome Baltimore. game. Did you watch that game? I did. I watched the fourth quarter at least, and that was it was exciting. Um, too as much football as Adam watches all year. Exactly. Um, but I'll tell you what, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the same game. That's fun. It's That's fun. A, yeah, it's and good. it was. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so Kansas City lost that game. I think they're going to come back pretty hungry this week, and I think they are going to win by at least a touchdown and an extra point. And then you have Miami and the Las Vegas, I almost said Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders of Anaheim uh, <laughs> in Vegas. Four-point favorite are the Raiders, and I'm taking them to win by at least four. All right, that sounds good. Houston, Kansas City, and the Raiders. All right, so uh, as I jump onto here and take a look and see what we've got, I've done a lot of research into this this week. Um, I've been looking hard. I've been studying what the teams did the first two weeks. Because in, in, when you're picking games, the third week is where you can finally get a little feeling, right? Mm -hmm. People were a little overzealous the first week, and then they, you know, they, what's it, uh, you know, they, 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 they think that whatever happened in the first week is gospel, and usually something totally changes in the second week. Uh, so now we're, now we're two weeks in. We kind of know what some of these teams are. 
I'm getting tired. I'm out of breath from the push-ups. I've only done 10 of the 50. Um, so looking into this, let's jump off and go straight up to the first game. I'm going to take Baltimore minus 8. Uh, actually, no. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Lions plus 8. Take the Lions plus 8. And they've lost two games, but they've lost two games that they could have won. Both games they could have won. I think they keep that halfway close. I could be totally wrong. I don't know how confident I am in that. Let's go to Thursday. Who's playing Thursday? No, I don't want the Panthers. I don't want to touch that game. That's a terrible game. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo minus 7.5. I'm going to take Washington in that game, too. I'm going to take Washington against the Bills plus 7.5. That's more than a touchdown. I'll take that. I like that. I like that. Uh, if it was under if it was under 7, if it was 6.5, I might take might take the Bills. But at 7.5, I'm going to go with Washington. And I almost that, took Buffalo on that. Did you? That would have been that would have been a game changer right there. Somebody's winning, somebody's losing. Mm-hmm. All right, and then um, for the final game, let's go Packers plus three and a half. They're a road. They're on the road against two and oh 49ers who've looked pretty good. Garoppolo's doing his thing, but I'll tell you what, he just needed a game to get under his belt, and you're going to see your brother Rogers. Do his thing. They uh they put a hurting on yes, they did. Detroit or whoever they played. <clears throat> All right, you have Detroit, Washington, and Green Bay. I have Houston, Kansas City, and the Raiders. There's mm-hmm. our NFL picks for week three. I like it. On to something happened today. We're gonna do a little local stuff now and then we'll get back into some some national news. But today, the day that we are recording the Reds, in the middle of probably the worst part of their season, in a free fall, falling out of contention for a playoff spot. They did not lose today. They did not lose today. You're 100% correct. They also did not win. That's right. They are rained out. And I'm just going to assume now, because the St. Louis Cardinals cannot lose, they can't lose anymore, oh. winners of 10 straight games. Not sure if they won or not, or it may be still going on, but... Um, I mean, and they're beating. They're, they won the last two nights against the Brewers, so they're they're beating actually beating good, good team. teams while the Reds are <laughs> losing series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. But in the middle of all this, the Reds signed David Bell, manager David Bell. They won ten to two today. Yeah, wow, eleven straight. It's insane. So, in a what was a really nice, promising season four weeks ago has turned into a pretty big disappointment now, but they signed, they re-signed David Bell to a two-year extension to be the Reds' manager for the next two years. He has already said he plans on keeping the his coaching staff intact for next yep. year. Um, how do you feel about the Reds bringing David Bell back for two more years? Uh, you know, I think that the manager gets uh, – it's tough for me. I think I, – I don't understand why the other day he is – He's starting a player that's never played a game in Major League Baseball ever in his entire life when you're in the middle of trying to get back into a playoff hunt. I under you know, whatever, say whatever you want about trying to get mix things up and change the script or do whatever you want to do, but that's not how you do it. Put some guy who has zero experience in. He's bad enough. He keeps pinch hitting as as Drupal Cabrera that hadn't had a hit since he's been with the Reds, a forty and oh and forty or whatever he is now. That fat guy comes back up to the plate. I swear to God, I'm going to run out on the field and punch him in his nose. 
Not, it's not de- his fault. It's not his fault. Right. I'm going to punch David Bell in the nose. <laughs> so maybe I am a little upset about the fact that they're re-signing him. But at the same time, I, 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 he's, he's, he's putting out there what he's got. And they did a lot this year with a team that wasn't expected to win more than 80 games. So technically, I know it was a disappointment at the end of this year. But this team... Did exact did better than what was projected of them, so you know, yeah. Does he pull some really silly strings sometimes and make zero sense to me? Yeah, he does, and he's going to continue to do that. So Reds fans, get used to that because it's going to get annoying as all get out for a whole nother year. But I'm I'm okay with it. I don't know who else you go after. I mean, you can't tell me I don't know what else is out there. The way that they do their pitching. Um, their pitching um, statistics or whatever you want to call that. The, what, what's that? It's metrics. The, yeah, the Saber metrics thing that they've that they've brought in is really nice. The obviously, I do. Do you know who the hitting coaches? Um, because they fired the hitting coach last year in the middle of the season. Gosh, Remember that? Yeah. That Gosh. dude obviously did something because this team went through some. I mean, they were hitting the living daylights out of the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm half tempted on finding out who the hitting coach is and see if he wants to. But then again, I don't want him to take him out of his role because he's doing such a good job over there, right? He's got Votto hitting again. Jonathan India is going to is potentially the rookie of the year. Suarez, as bad as he's been, still going to hit 30 home runs, mm-hmm. um, and and that's with hardly ever playing. You've got Mustakis, not Mustakis, Castellanos, who who wasn't uh, like on the on the cusp of being an MVP. For more than half the season, Jesse Winker, who if it wasn't for him getting hurt, would still be hitting, would be the best pure hitter on this team right now. I mean, it's those pieces are there. And the bullpen over the past couple weeks has not been the issue for the Reds. I mean, there's okay, last, don't get me wrong. Last night, but last besides, night, yeah. But but honestly, you're gonna yeah. have the bullpen's gonna is gonna have, every bullpen hasn't it? When you lose a game, most of the time it's either because you're well. That's so. I was about to totally pull a John Madden right there. <laughs> Not going to do that. Most of the time, it's because you didn't was, score as many runs as the other team. I was going to say either your starting pitcher got hit, or your bullpen got hit. <laughs> oh, no joke, John. Good work, bud. Really put that together, boom. didn't you? <laughs> boom, and then boom. So anyway, what? I, but but uh, you know Gutierrez or or whatever his name oh, is. You know, doing. obviously. The length of the season got to him. He's been trying to get his 10th win or whatever win he was shooting for, 6th win, whatever it was, for a very long time now. It's just not pitching well, but the bullpen has helped him out. The bullpen has held a lot of teams to 0-1 and one runs for four and five innings. They may give up the winning run at the end of the game, but they're they're out there for four scoreless innings. They're doing well. They're, they do, they're doing better than they were earlier in the season. Not well, just better than they were. It couldn't have been a lot worse than they were, but you literally couldn't. They had the worst bullpen in baseball the first half. So, but in the starting pitching, we know what we got, right? I mean, Luis Castillo could be the Cy Young winner if they did it for just half a half a season. Mm -hmm. His second half's been unbelievable. Sonny Gray is just consistent, right? I mean, he he, would he have two bad starts all year? The rest of them have been. Either good or mediocre, but he's good enough. I mean, he's good. He he's a very good pitcher. Uh, Gutierrez came in and showed what he can do. Miley 
is a fourth or fifth pick. I mean, he maybe he, he was probably the best pitcher overall throughout the course of the entire year, except for his last like three starts. He sure. struggled. But. Yeah, and then and then uh, and then the the crazy man, old Wade, old old scary face Wade. Or did I already say him? Wade Miley. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, Tyler. Who did I miss? Tyler Malley. That's Tyler Malley. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Malley. Yes. But in Tyler Malley's up and down. But I don't think that's bad. I find an arm in the bullpen. Maybe, maybe you find an arm in the starting rotation. You've got Hunter Green down there. Is he got a whole nother year? Is he? Are we missing another? Is, is he going to be down there for another year? They've got the other kid, Lodolo, mm-hmm. down there. They've got some good arms. Yep. So that makes me think. You know, is this the time? You know, I don't know which pitchers we got to get Bobby on here, uh, Nightingale Junior. on here, and talk about the end of the season and and next year's signings and and contracts and all that kind of good stuff. I I think they can be better next year. And is David Bell the coach to take these guys to the next level? I don't know. But is he good enough to get them into the playoffs next year? I think he is. Yeah. I mean, I, like like we said, it's they were a very short time ago or, you know, 15, 16, 17 games above 500, whatever they got to. We're looking really good. We're winning series. We're beating good teams. We're beating bad teams. And then whatever, I'm sure it was a number of things. Um, it's just, you know, they, they stopped hitting, first of all. They were one of the best offensive teams in baseball a year until the last couple months, the last month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, and, that, and that's just bad timing on that because they were so good offensively when their bullpen was horrible, and then now their bullpen's a little bit better and they're not scoring as many runs. So right. um, they're losing a lot of, you know, 4-3 games and 3-1 games and things like that right now. But – um, it's it's a little heartbreaking to see. I I'm not on the same page though that a lot of fans seem to be like, you know, they're so down on management and on on ownership because the Reds aren't going to the playoffs again or aren't a, a really good winning team again. I to be honest with you, I you know I was pretty satisfied with the season. Until obviously, well, the last I mean, yeah, it's a disappoint. It's a disappointment at the end of the season. But was it a good season? Yeah, I mean, it's not even over. I mean, who knows what to do at the end? But I mean, they still had a good season. They had a they had a better season than what I think any of us would have predicted them to do. Yeah, and we talked to Bobby about it at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. I think we all kind of were right around, you know, probably five hundred ish or whatever, eighty to eighty two, eighty six, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, in that in that your, time frame. You're positive butt probably said 98 probably or something said like 97 that. yeah i'm thinking 100 <laughs> wins out of this team you know um and i probably said about 60 or, or 61 but um <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i i agree with you though i i think you know i it was better it's just disappointing that they're playing their worst baseball right now um but yeah i, I i'm and i'm the same as far as david bell goes i don't know who you put in there that's going to pull. And I, I'm, I always try to think like, you know what? These guys are major league managers for a reason. He knows a heck of a lot more about baseball than I do. If he's making a, a decision in a game that I don't think is right, I can think it's not right, but who am I? And, and, and But that's, that's the problem that I have with David Bell. That's my biggest problem. If you're going to be a sabermetrics coach and have this giant binder sitting next to you in the dugout, two of them next to you in the dugout, basically telling you what you are going to do in every single situation, 
then don't come out and go, well, you know, I put him in because he's been struggling and I'm going, my gut, it's time for him to get out of it. I know he's going to come out. Don't, don't give me that. No. Go by your metrics. He sucks right now. He's not pitching. Mm -hmm. This guy's doing well. Put him in. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of what I've heard from people talking specifically about Saber metrics and how it's used in the game and everything, I think the, the, People that have talked about it that I think have made the most sense say it is a combination. There's no team that is using all Saber metrics or 99% Saber metrics or all, you know, the old school, just go by your feel, go by your gut, go by the old baseball rules. And, you know, I don't think anybody does it one way or the other. I think you have to have a good combination. So, yeah, definitely go on feel and go on this guy needs some confidence because he's been stinking. Once in a while, that's going to work, but at the same time, not when you, you put him in the ninth inning four straight right. days that's and let him thing. get beat up. That's, that's not thing. when to put him in. Right, right. It's it, it's got to be. Yeah, there are some definitely very confusing things about uh, what we've seen, but at the same time, thanks for the cookie, by the way. You're welcome. At the same time, it's you, you're going to put guys out there and expect them to perform every time. Honestly, if I'm, I mean, yeah, a guy is not. A guy's not going well, and he's he's just not playing well for the last week, two weeks, three weeks, or whatever it is. You you have to you have to think about that. You definitely have to t- take that into consideration. But you do. I mean, you do. And there are relationships that are involved in in the, in the thing, and you just know we don't guys. Know any of that either. We don't know any of that. Part. Right. That's what, right. And, and that's exactly what I mean. So there's there are things that these guys know about these guys that that. We don't know that we don't see. They watch these guys throw every day. You know, Amir Garrett might throw, might do bullpen sessions on off days and look like Max Scherzer, but he, for some reason, can't get outs when he gets in games anymore. You know, so I don't know what happens, but um, he's putting guys out there and expecting them to perform because they're major league baseball players and they're underperforming in a lot of cases, especially in the bullpen. So I'm fine with it. I give him a couple more years. By that time. We will have a good feel, you know. He will be. He will have been in for what four or five years or whatever at that point. That's <sighs> that's when you know. Yep. We will definitely know in the next. And who knows? He might. You know, if they start out, you know, ten and thirty next year, he probably won't make it through the season. No, <laughs> no, not if he starts off like that. So anyway, so I guess we come back to we don't know how we feel about David Bell. I'm fine with. It. I think we're both fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm not upset or overly excited. My my biggest thing is always grass is not always greener on the other side, right? You've Absolutely. got a playoff year last year, even if it was given to us, basically, because like 70% of the league made the playoffs during COVID. Mm-hmm. And then you had a really good playoff run this year. That was a good for this team. It was It was good for this team to get that feeling and understand what it is. You, I don't know if Votto is going to be. You don't know what you're going to get out of Otto anymore. He's 38 years old, right? Like, well, he's going to be. He's been he's been great this year. It's, by the way, the last couple of years. No, that's what I'm saying. Is mm-hmm. you got something out of Otto that nobody expected. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that being said, you don't know what you're going to get because in three days on September 25th, Joey Votto turns 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Great article today in Sports Illustrated about Joey Votto 
talks about his his change in philosophy, his change in his approach, yeah. and why he's hitting all these home runs suddenly. Very cool read. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. So that's it. I, I, I agree with you. We need to bring Bobby on for the end of the season here and talk about – I've got plenty of questions. I know you do too. We're going to bring him on here uh, whenever he has time, and we're going to we're going to get some of those questions answered. I like it. That sounds good. All right, so let's move on to the next item. I'm going to let you throw this out there. This is one of our most uh, one of our. I hate to keep. I hate to say it's one of our favorite parts of the podcast. It's not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> however, however, this one's a little different, right? We're going to start doing these a little different. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, for the second week in a row, last week we debuted a new. Uh, Subcategory uh, in the dearly departed part of <clears throat> excuse me part of the podcast, we now have when a player uh, is retiring, it's dearly departed. R.I.P. to his career, right? And uh, our, our old boy Paul Witt would say, "Take a hike, turkey." Take a so hike, dearly turkey. departed. Take a hike, turkey. To J.J. Reddick, who announced on his very own podcast yesterday. That he is retiring after 15 seasons in the NBA. 15 seasons in the NBA. One of the top 10 three-point shooters, I think, or uh, percentage-wise, or I don't know. He's he's got some records. I'm sure you've got a bunch of them written down. Um, I'm I'm happy that he gets to concentrate on his on his poetry because it was terrible in college, and I'm I just hope it got better. Do you remember that during the NCAA tournament when they had him sitting in the middle? Of the and they were talking to him about how much everybody hates him, and he told him how he writes his poetry, and he was reading poetry at midcourt. I I don't remember specifically seeing him read his poetry, but I remember the story. Now that you say it, I forgot all about it. Um, but for him, he's a huge hip hop fan. For him, I'm sure he was just trying to write raps, and he was like, "Well, they're not gonna like it on TV, so I'm gonna just gonna call it poetry." <laughs> what a goober that dude was one of the most hated people since christian lakner yep and then uh and then after him was grayson allen and it just carried he he was you know there's a duke torch that will be carried on probably forever and his name is engraved in that he also was one of the best catch and shoot three-point shooters in college basketball history and was a huge reason why uh why why orlando was in the playoffs for a couple years. Why the uh, Los Angeles Clippers and that whole up tempo was it called Lob City or whatever? Why that was so good because he spaced the floor so well. Philly, probably the best Philly team in the past twenty years. A huge reason was because he was such a great shooter on that team and could spread the floor out for those guys. Guys like Ben Simmons who is no longer going to be playing for Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> which we can talk about at a later point in time. Um, but he made Ben Simmons better because Simmons didn't have to shoot. He could catch and dribble t- and take it to the basket because he could spread the floor for him. So the guy was one of the best role players uh, in the NBA in the last few years. And if if he only wanted to play on teams that he wanted to go to, he made the playoffs something crazy like 10 straight years or something like that. And then he got picked up by New Orleans. Zion's rookie year, and the very, they are interviewing Zion Williamson. I'll never forget this. Zion Williamson said, "They said, hey, you know, you're playing with, uh, you know, with the veteran JJ Redick. You know, have you had any conversations with him?" And he said, "The first thing JJ said to him was, look, 'Look, I've been in the playoffs for ten straight years. Don't 
F this up for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yep. JJ Redick was one of four players that rank in the top 20 in three-pointers made in three-point percentage for a career. Steph Clay and Kyle Korver are the other three. Third in three-point percentage all-time among people with 4,500 or more attempts. Steph and Kyle Korver. Uh, he's Duke's all-time leading scorer. I mean, that's saying something. Holy cow. I did not know. Well, you know, four years. I mean, that's a big thing, right? Four years, yeah. Four years at Duke and the, the, the amount of points he put up. I mean, you look at Christian Lakner and, and Grant Hill and Jason Wool. Jason Williams was only there for three years, right? Maybe not even that. Yeah, maybe three. Yeah. Anyway, the, they all put up points, but they all had really good teams around them and had a lot of talent around them. I don't – did Shire – was Shire on – who was on that Duke team with him? Sheldon Williams, so I think, was his big guy. Holy cow, was it that long ago? Um, yeah, he, he played with Sheldon Williams. Um. I, there were a few guys that were pretty good. Would he have been with Battier? He wouldn't have been. Battier was older. Than him. He, no, yeah, he was. He was just after Battier, I think. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I can picture a, a a a tall, tall white guy. He played a few years in the NBA. Anyway, um, they were those were really good Duke teams, and yeah. I mean, he's he was probably the biggest reason why. Um, one of my favorite stats. Uh, 1,950 three-pointers made in his career. One dunk. 1,953 three-pointers. 50 three-pointers. Oh, 50 three-pointers. And one dunk. One dunk. Good for him. That sounds like a Chris Paul stat. I like to see how Chris <laughs> yeah. Paul – I'm pretty sure Chris Paul dunked like one time in a game and everybody like <laughs> fell on the floor and were acting crazy. And, and – uh, yeah, I like to see that's a that's a good stat. I like that stat. Yeah, uh, I was so I, I was looking at some stuff and you know I saw that I saw the dunk. It was early in his career. Oh yeah, me. oh yeah, <laughs> in Orlando. Um, and then he he had to like he played it real cool, like he like no problem, you know. Yeah. And then that ended up being his only dunk of all time. Um, <laughs> It'd be great if it was his rookie year. There was there were some good, and I was I was so on the fence when he was in college because he did seem like a big jerk. I did not like that part, but I loved watching him shoot the basketball. Yes. And, and uh, his catch and shoot. I mean, until Steph got here and Clay, like coming off sc- coming off a, a screen, and and being able to square up to the basket basically while in midair. <clears throat> that's a that is something that is very difficult yeah so i i watched a lot of videos of him shooting and in, in some games and there was one game in 04 they were playing virginia when he's at duke and he scored 40 points on 13 shots made shots wow 13 made shots basically all three like 13 12 or 13 three-pointers and then a few free, free throws, throws. um so pretty fun to watch anyway Congratulations, JJ Redick, and and by the way, for as much of a jerk as he was, r- super respected in the NBA. Oh, like, everybody loved a, him. Yeah, yeah, people loved him. Turned, I did hear he, that he totally turned that whole yeah. his whole uh, de- not his demeanor, but but the way people thought about him, um, whatever that whatever you call perception that perception, perception of him definitely changed over the years. Uh, at, it's got a, I I think it's definitely the tattoos. <laughs> it was yeah, made him a better I, guy. I need to understand. We used to this. think about tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> I need to understand this in the NBA, right? Like, I got no problem. I got a tattoo. You know, I got no problem with tattoos at all. But I love when people do these things where they'll show a picture of somebody their first year in the NBA, and then like their eighth year in the NBA, and every one of them are head to toe tattooed. Yeah. Did they have like tattoo artists 
in the building during practice? Like, I don't understand. I, they probably did during COVID in the bubble. I bet they did. I bet there was a tattoo <laughs> they had, artist they had in barbers there. and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. In fact, somebody on Twitter said, I, I think of J.J. Reddick's career in two waves, pre, uh, pre-tattoos and post-tattoos. <laughs> post-tattoos. <laughs> He's like, I like both of them. Or something. Uh, that's good. Anyway, all right. Good job, JJ Reddick. Uh, dearly departed. Take a hike, Turkey. Um, there you go. And I, I and I think you're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go for uh, get for uh, up get up to from from twenty to thirty. Here we go. Twenty to thirty. Here we go. Knocking ten out right now. And uh, we're gonna transition now uh, while Chris is doing that from the dearly departed to. We're going to Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore of what I tried to come up with on the top of my head. So well done. Last week, (laughs) birds. So well done. Birds. Um, Yeah. Can't wait for how much enthusiasm this one's going to be. This is going to, this is going to be so great. I can't wait to, I'm making you go first because I want to (laughs) know, I want to know what your, what your birds are. All right. I made the Larry joke last week, so I won't do it this week. But um, one, I'm 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 saying crane, the crane. Chris, gotta love the crane. The crane's always a good one. Let me tell you something about the sandhill crane. The sandhill crane is the longest surviving bird. Over nine you just got. I just I just dumped you. I turned your microphone off. <laughs> okay, continue. Turn it back up for the Siberian crane. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute now. Is a crane a bird? A crane is a bird. A crane is absolutely a bird. It's the oldest bird there is. By the way, birds are the very last surviving dinosaurs. It, no. They are dinosaurs, yes. Okay, but wait a minute. What about like lizards and stuff? They're not dinosaurs? No. They're not descendants of dinosaurs. What? Just You're reptiles. crazy. Alligators aren't descendants of dinosaurs. What about fish? They had fish dinosaurs. Fish might have been, been uh, around back then, but... Um, I don't know. From everything I've seen, birds are the last remaining descendants of dinosaurs um, for a few reasons. I, I watched a whole video on it, but I won't bother you with that. That's but the awesome. uh, Siberian crane uh, has reached up to 83 years old, the oldest known age of any bird. Wow. 83. Nice. The Ceres crane, tallest flying bird. Eurasian crane, one of the highest flying birds flies up to 33,000 feet that 33,000 feet how many how many cranes now have you named that would be four cranes are those your is that your mount rushmore are you just telling me just the crane i needed to give you some facts look wow okay i I came up with a with an absurd mount rushmore this week i i wasn't going to disappoint you i've got stuff i love it let's do it give me some stats baby keep them coming the penguin hey we got one that's the same nice nice all right um, I don't have a lot about this except for the 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 they're the only species of animal that mates and raises their or, or uh, incubates their eggs and stuff in the middle of Antarctic winter. Only species that does that. Uh, every everything else, when the winter comes, they migrate and and get to a warmer climate. Not penguins. The male, the, the, the female lays the egg. The male sits on it while the female gets into the water and, and does their thing or whatever. And then for weeks, it sits completely motionless, the male does, on the egg 
for like two months or something like that. And then the female comes back and they take it to Good Samaritan Hospital and doesn't don't birth. they don't they like give each other like a rock or something? Yeah, like yeah, that? it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. they they that's present, how that's how they like it's the like the wedding ring or something like that. Something like that. that. Yeah, um, that's how they get engaged. Uh, if you haven't, if you've never watched, um, I think it's called March of the Penguins. Uh huh. With uh, Jim Carrey. With uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. What was the Jim Carrey one? Happy Feet or something? Jim Carrey had something like one? that. Yeah, he had some Happy penguin movie. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. The Mor- Morgan Freeman did one that was like a documentary or whatever. So you can listen to his sweet voice over uh, lear- learning some things about penguins. Love Watch it. that. Hummingbird. The Hummingbird is a Ooh, neat Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Um, it's a, it's one of the smallest birds. As a matter of fact, the bee hummingbird is the smallest bird there is, the smallest species of bird. Um, the hummingbird has, uh, w- w- what do they call it? Um, well, uniquely structured wings that allow it to hover. Mm-hmm. It can move backward and sideways, which is the only bird that can do that. That's insane. In the air. Um has the highest metabolism of all animals, not just birds, all animals. Wow, that's a lot of metabolism. Yeah, yeah, like 14-year-old Adam. Um, better than yours. Better than that. On the last one, the last one, though, is um, the owl. The owl, that's a good one. I almost put the owl on there. The owl, almost did. not only is it the name of our step-grandfather, uh, it is also it some really interesting <laughs> Al. I feel like uh, I feel like he's just our grandfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Basically, why I been that. around I've my entire just life. Called him grandpa. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, they have there some some interesting facts about the owl. Their eyeballs are not like regular eyeballs. Their tube shaped eyes are immobile. They don't move their eyes. They there. move their necks. Yeah, they move their necks. Yeah, they turn all the way around. Look behind them. And those eyes have binocular vision. Whoa! It can zoom in on things like Get up to a town. half mile away. Shut I swear to God! Hole. I That's swear ridiculous. to God! It has binocular vision. How do they know that? Because how they Come. look through binoc because because when you put binoculars up to an owl's eyes, it sees things like it can only see things real close. How like do you it, how do you know that? Did it so tell you? Did, do they? Does the owl say? Oh wait a yes. minute! Hold on! I can see. I can see that. Yes, because all owls are smart enough to tell you that because they all graduate. Yeah, they all graduate. They've got the. They live in a tree, and they're. You know they, that. They you know my favorite. Ca- you know my favorite thing about owls. What? Like if an owl catches a mouse and eats a mouse, when it drops a dookie, it's just the skull. It's just the bones. It's the bones the, just come out. That's because, that's the coolest thing in the world. Okay, that's because the barn. Yeah, the barn owl swallows their prey whole. And also eats up to a thousand mice a year. Nice. I need a bar now. That's th- that's three. That's three. Mice I just a killed day. a mouse. I just killed a mouse uh, this week. Did you? Yeah. Through uh, we so garbage days on Wednesday today. Today's garbage day. Uh, threw that bad boy, like triple bagged it. Threw it in. Caught him and uh, threw him in the old garbage can on Sunday. By Monday morning, holy cow! Bad smell, dude. That garbage was rancid, man. Can't wait um, for the garbage to be picked up. I found a yeah, it's garbage night. I found a uh, a dead mouse in one of my outside garbage cans one time. So I bought perfect mouse, place. Bought mouse traps all. Didn't over, catch any of them, did place. you? No, I haven't seen one since then. How'd you do it? What kind of mouse traps did you buy? The snappers? No. Where'd you get them sticky tape, sticky they, pads? No, it's the one they like 
walk into or whatever and they just it's like a little container kind of yeah it's like sticky and they can't get out i guess yeah maybe something like that they can Uh get in but they can't get out somehow uh owls can rotate people think they can rotate their i like getting the ones that snap shut (laughs) i love that going in there and i'm taking walking towards the kids oh it's always crick and crick neck and then they're like stiff as a bone their tails stick straight out in the air it's i love doing that pretty gross pretty gross uh, owls can rotate their neck 270 degrees. Wow. Not 360, 270. Uh, so if you, I mean, all you need is 180 on either side. So 270 just seems like you're showing off. I don't know if they can go, I guess maybe they can go both ways, but oh, they yeah. have. Yeah. So like when you, we can't like, we can't turn our necks all the way around because it like cuts the circulation off. Like the muscles in your neck cut the circulation off for like the blood flow to your brain. Right. Well, owls okay. have <laughs> owls have a like like blood pool supply that kicks in when they turn their heads all the way around because it cuts the circulation off. But the, there's like this extra pool of blood they keep that kicks in to to keep their to keep their brain operating. Is that amazing? So <laughs> I lo- I love I love how much research you did. On the Mount Rushmore of birds on our sports podcast. Chris, Chris, <laughs> owls are known as zygodactyl, okay? That means they have two forward-facing toes and two backward-facing toes. But It's a lot like me. Here's the thing. Yep, you got those backward <laughs> toes. I got you. They can pivot one of the back toes to the front to help them grip and walk, okay? Oh. Got it? Um, so, yeah, I got that stanky leg or whatever. So. Oh, do the stanky leg. Do the stanky leg. Um, my last, so I've I'm got on one a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a <laughs> boat in my flippy floppies. I've never heard that whole song, by the way. Um, those are two separate songs. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I've never heard either one of them. <laughs> and apparently I have an honorable mention. All right. Honorable mention. It's four the, birds. It's I the, can't believe you wrote a fifth one down. It's the, it's the blue. <laughs> Actually. Yes. I totally believe that you wrote a fifth one down. I have, I, have, I know what you're going to, the one that dances, the one that does the dance. Okay. Got it. Huh? Never mind. Go ahead. No. <laughs> No, this one sells uh, insurance. It's an emu, but it's a blue emu. Ooh, the now, blue the blue emu. emu has won 10 gold gloves. It has over 1,300 RBIs, and it can hold seven baseballs in one hand. That's the blue emu. <laughs> oh, Chris, the blue emu, Mr. Johnny Bench. All <laughs> yeah. right, so I've got, uh, let's go from bottom to top. We've got the, uh, the penguin uh, at the bottom. Then we've got the ostrich, just because it's an ugly bird. Uh, and then we've got... The dodo bird, because that's what everybody used to tell me, because I used to call me the dodo bird because my nose is so big. Last but not least, Ouch. Mr. Tweety Bird. There you go. Yeah. I threw a little fun. I got, I got to get in there one. I, Famous. Famous having trouble, having trouble with, uh <laughs> Having trouble with the old birds, but Tweety a, Bird popped up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one. Tweety Bird was a canary, was it not? Uh, sure. So canary it is. Boom. All, All right. right. All right. How do you feel about a parrot, a talking parrot? Uh, Did you ever get one? No, I hate birds inside your house. A hundred percent. Why in God's name do you, first off. Should we talk about the story that when I was there, do you remember that? I was, bird in my I house? was at your house. We used to have birds. Cooper. We had house, we had birds in our house. We had not just birds. We get bats in our house. Yeah, we've had bats. We used to get bats because we had a, we had an old barn in our backyard, not our barn, but back behind us at the greenhouse. We get bats in in there, and you try, trying to get a bat out is like really tough to do because they're crazy when they when you let they get in our fireplace. So, and then we'd always get a bird come down a flute. There'd be a bird down in there. We're like, oh, 
gotta get this bird out. So we try to get sheets and like try to have we had to hold sheets up and go from there to the front door, but it always flew over top of the sheets, and then we had a bird in the house for an hour and everybody's freaking out. One time, cousin Tony was at the house. It was just the two of us. We were probably eleven or twelve years old. I mean thirteen, fourteen years old, because we were by ourselves. <laughs> we were definitely like ten years old. I feel 11. like this may, may have happened twice because this same thing happened when I was there. Okay, maybe maybe it was you. I always thought it was Tony. Maybe it was, me. Maybe it was you. I don't know. So bird is uh, birds in the house can't get it out. I don't know why we decided to try to get the bird out by ourselves. Bird flies into mom and dad's room. Pool noodle, right? How uh, we threw something back there. It's on the back side of the, of there. Threw something over to try to get it to go. Would nothing came out. Mm-hmm. So it was you. So you it were was there. me. So you were there. I thought it was for some reason that was Tony. So get up, go check on what's going on. Maybe we killed the bird with a pool noodle. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Probably. Who knows? By the time we get up, walk over to the other side of the room because we were scared to death that this thing was going to come at us. It did not move, and then the second we get on the look on the other side of the bed, that bird flies directly at us like a bat out of hell. It was the craziest <laughs> thing in the world. I, for some reason, I thought like the pool noodle landed on it and was enough to hold it down or something like that. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't. I vaguely remember. I just remember that it was stuck over there, and then it scared the living daylights out of me. Yep. Yep. Used to get them all the time. Yep. Birds in the house. I, I let me tell you something. So don't keep don't buy so why would you buy a bird those birds oh my gosh they used to have birds man laws house and you gotta put like a put like a blanket over it right at night like hey dumb dumb it's nighttime go to sleep right <laughs> if you're too stupid to know to go to sleep on your own then don't be in my house but it's constant stupid noises I'm gonna I'm I wanted to choke the bird I hate birds in the house birds. Birds in your house are ridiculous. Birds in the house are bad. I'll, I'll I'll go one further. I'm afraid of all birds. I'm afraid of all birds, even outside. You're afraid of all animals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's still to this day. My dogs treat him. People walk into my house and the dogs attack them. Just attack, just not attack like bite, bite, growl, all that stuff. Just jump on them and want to love on them. Huh. They know you so well. You walk in and they just run up and sniff you. Still nervous. You are scared to death when you walk into my house every week. <laughs> I would call it more nervous than scared to death. But if if I could record your face all, and your body language, no, I know. scared to death I know. Uh, fits the I, bill pretty I, close. I just, I, just, I just have to put the knee up because there's a lot of middle area sniffing, and it just makes me so nervous. Gosh. What do you think they're going to do? I I think you know what I think they're going to do. You think they're going to take a bite out of your wang it, while it's while it's in your britches? I was going to say uh, inner hip. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. I don't know. I just it's it, in your it, britches. They can't get it, to that it, thing, it, man. It it's kind of it just makes me nervous. I don't I know. You. Don't don't sniff around. That's how there. they shake hands, man. He's just shaking hands <laughs> with you. Well, then he's just shaking hand. hands. He's just shaking hands. Um. <laughs> anyway. And, and and by the way, your uh, your your dogs are the size of um, Tyrannosaurus Rex. We have so medium sized dogs. You have extremely large dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe anyway. slightly bigger than medium, but they're not large. What would be a large dog? Like oh, I could 
There a ton like a of different Dane. Uh, well, that's definitely one. Yeah. <laughs> like a St. Bernard or a Bull Mastiff. Yeah. There's quite a few large dogs. They're right. got a got a husky and a I don't know, mutt. German Shepherd esque mutt. They still feel big to me, but anyway, uh, yes, I got to do push-ups, I, so introduce the next section. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like birds or anything else. For he that likes them to enough to make them the Mount Rushmore and waste <laughs> 20 minutes of our time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, so we have to move on to the final segment of this podcast, and that is our comedy segment. Every week we do a – we watch a comedy special, and we rate it, we discuss it. Chris, you chose – uh, I also see now why you uh, did your push-ups now so that you can try to get me to say the title of this thing that's not going to happen. That's right. Uh, London, London Hughes, um, she has a special on Netflix. It is called To Catch Something, and then just just go to Netflix and type in London Hughes, and you'll see it. Trust me, if you watch it, you'll know what she's talking about. Yes, she she mentions this word. Probably, I should go back and watch it and count it's, and uh, write it down. Adam's scared the dog's going to lick it off or bite it <laughs> off or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good transition. All right, so London Hughes. Um, I, now, I remember say, as I'm watching this thing, you know what? I'll let you go first. Nope. No, 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 you go. As, a, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking at the end of the last week, you know, this was your pick, and, and I thought I've heard two or three jokes from this special on there's a Netflix comedy podcast that just picks like one joke from a special a day from a Netflix special. And it, and it just plays the joke. It's, you know, two minutes long or whatever. So I've heard two or three jokes from this special just through that. So I'm like, okay, not bad. You know, she, you know, I can tell she's kind of funny. So, and I think I told you that I thought I said, yeah, I think you're going to like this. Like this. Yeah. I'm watching this thing and I'm like, hmm, I might have sold him a false bill of goods here. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't loving it, man. I thought she was. I thought what I heard uh, on, on those things were were good enough. Where I'm like, okay, I, I think I I can say that she's funny. They do a heck of a job of editing on those. They do. Um, and so yeah, but but I didn't. And it's this is another thing we talked about it. With a few a few different comedians, she went on these runs a few times where it was just really loud, really uh, animated with her with her motions and repeating the same words over and over, the same lines over and over. And she did this a few times throughout, and each time it's like, but it feels like you're just doing that because the joke's not funny. You're, it feels like you're doing it as a performance to get a to get an applause for the performance part of it because the words in the joke aren't very funny that's what it felt like to me because it really wasn't it just didn't make me laugh she's and, definitely uh, trying to be a more of a physical comedian like it's yeah. she's all over the place and, and i'm just not a few people do that well not very many people i want i watch stand up comedy I'll watch a movie. I'll watch Tommy Boy because Chris Farley's a hilarious physical comedian. Yep. I watch stand-up comedy because I want to hear words put in the right order that tickle my funny brain. And make you laugh. Or whatever. Yes. Right? That's so this I mean. chick didn't make... So anyway, go. What, what'd you That's give her? What'd you I, give her? I, I gave it a 
Oh, okay. So, look, London Hughes, she's British, and that was a little difficult at first, but uh, put the subtitles on, and I could, that was fine. Uh, she, she's a big screamer. She's done a lot in her days, uh, and I didn't laugh really hard at anything. It was just a bunch of stories that she, like you said, overwhelmingly screamed about and repeated as many off-color words as she possibly could to try to make people interested. Look, I'm I love dirty comedians, man. Like dirty comedians usually make me laugh hard, but because they tell a story that has a punchline and it's funny. This chick thought she was the juice. She still thinks she's the Beyonce or Kevin Hart or whatever she thinks she is, the queen. I'm sorry. This just wasn't for me either, man. I I gave it a (laughs) 2.2. I wrote that down before you said 2.3. Oh, nice. I had had 2.4 down, but then as you were talking, I rewrote it to 2.2 because I was getting more irritated. (laughs) It wasn't – look, it wasn't horrible. I laughed probably two or three times during. There was times I laughed, but most of it I was just watching her be a nutcase. Yeah. And you get carried. I got carried. There might have been some funny jokes in there that I didn't laugh as hard at because because of the, she was she was overselling everything and she needed to dial it back just a hair. And I think she's. I guarantee she's funny. I guarantee like in normal life. And I bet she's really is a good comedian. This special, she was way over the top. Unless she does that all the time, then that, then she's just a screamer. So yeah, I, I think I think some comedians feel like they have to bring a lot of energy to be good, and you don't always no, have to. No man, that. look at Nate Bargatze or or what's that dude's name? There's uh, a lot of guys. What's Steven the guy? Wright balls. Is, Who's the guy who just did the one about balls or whatever here? He's a, he like jumps out of windows of hotels because he's got oh, some Mike kind of sleep. Mike Birbiglia, like there's zero, yeah. zero energy brought at all, but he's funny. Mm-hmm. Like that, you don't need. I don't need energy. I don't need that craziness. I just need funny words. Unless you're Chris Farley, then it works. Then it works. He's he's funny. Anywhere you. John Belushi, Chris Farley, guys like that. There, there's very few, like you said, that are really good at that. That you see people doing that kind of craziness, and you really laugh at it. Yep. All right. So we didn't love that one, but it was. I, I'm with you though. It wasn't horrible, and I I do agree that there's enough there that you think. I think she's got more in her. I think she's got better. In yeah, her. I, I guarantee she's a little better than than what she put on. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got to we've got to choose a couple of things for next week. You've got to do it. Rush more. I've got a. I have a, comedy, and I've got ten more push-ups. Have ten more push-ups because you're at forty right now. Yep. And um, so while while you're doing ten push-ups, think about your Mount Rushmore unless you already have it. Of okay. Course. I'll think about it but, while uh, I'm doing my last ten push-ups. And, and we've already while you're thinking about this, we've already done our Mount Rushmore of exercises. Just yeah, that was that. the one I so. did right after I did exercise. <laughs> I did push-ups last night. God, I gotta stop losing these push-up bets. <laughs> uh, Chris is uh, entering a bodybuilding contest in a couple of months. Uh, just based solely on the fact uh, that he's lost so many bets and done so many push-ups, so he's uh, his chest is like chiseled out of stone. Um, so anyway, there it is. Told you. So um, <laughs> oh, missed it on the. I got a feeling it might have been on the edge. 
<laughs> you can't miss that. It takes up the whole room. All right, so I'm on the fence, uh, and I've got to run something by here. I want to get your okay. opinion on this. Okay. There is a it's, a, it's a documentary, but it's a comedy documentary. I know how you feel about these these different things that I that I've had us watch <laughs> in the past. Yeah. Sam Murill, who's a comedian that you like, like. Sam Murill. Yeah, Sam Murill's good. He he made a he made a documentary about comedy coming back during and after the pandemic. Okay. And it just came out this week and it's on YouTube. We I'm thinking about that, but because it's not gonna, it's not just a stand-up special. It's a bunch of comedians talking. The only about reason it. I don't like these is because it's, we can't. I can't rate them. Yeah, like I, gotcha. if, I, I say we suggest to watch things because I'm gonna tell you right now. I was this. I watched last night. I watched every single episode of Norm Macdonald has a show. Yeah. I watched every episode last night. That's the most awkwardly funny thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was very unique to Norm. It's why it's why people he's the only one him as so, so unique. And so so funny. he was so good at what he did. I did that show's two three years old. Mm-hmm. How did I not know that was on Netflix? I never watched it when it was on, but I've watched it several. I've watched them after they were first on. Yeah, I he died and it popped up on a thing. I said, well, "This is crazy. This just randomly came out right after." No, it's like three years old. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh, Jane Fonda. He tries. He tries so hard, and then he kisses her on the mouth, and oh my gosh, it's so great. She doesn't know how to take him. Oh my gosh, Drew Barrymore doesn't get anything at all. Her, she doesn't understand a joke. Like, yeah. oh, so funny. But then he had comedians on, and that was the best. He was in his element. He was so good when like David Letterman was on. David and David Spade. Spade the David Spade was okay. David I Letterman. David. David Letterman was great. Yeah, that was a good one. Too. That one was awesome. The Michael Keaton one was good. David Letterman was and was probably was that my favorite? Might have been. M Night Shyamalan was pretty good. He got he did a good job with with that. Uh, he he. I don't remember seeing that one. I might have missed that. Yeah, one. he did a decent job with that. There was what was there was another one. Uh, that was super. Oh, he had he had uh, Billy Joe Shiver Shiver. I don't know some old outlaw country Waylon Jennings partner kind of guy dude on there but they were like best friends that was hilarious dude so nobody know nobody knew how to take him like all his buddy comedian buddies they they gave it back to him like they're like no don't you do that to me (laughs) but the other people like don't know how to take him so this is what i would say for for your sam real thing i would say i look into this podcast camera and i'm gonna say i suggest that you guys go watch the Netflix seven six seven part series. Norm McDonald has a show. Okay. So that's what I would suggest you do for the Sam Morrill because it's hard. It's just hard to rate it in the way that we do laughs. Like when we did the Patrice O'Neill, I love Patrice O'Neill, and that was a good. It was a cool documentary. I don't. I don't know how you rate that. I don't know. We just gave it five because we don't know what else to do with something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I do, I do agree with that. All right. So watch the go search on. I think it's YouTube. Or maybe it is Netflix. Maybe it is Netflix. Um, it's his special. His special was on Netflix that he did during the pandemic. That was was that Netflix? Yeah. I thought it was YouTube. Oh, that one was the Netflix. rooftop one. Yeah, he did two actually. He did two on 
He did two uh, specials. The rooftop the ro- one. And then the the rooftop was one. Netflix, though. I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, you may be right there. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So watch that if you want to. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to. Sam Talent, another Sam. This guy I don't know. Sam Talent. It's it's spelled like the word talent with an extra L T A L L E N T. Waiting for death to claim us. Nice. It's on Amazon Prime. This is, sounds like a nice comedian with uh, low self-esteem right up my alley, buddy. Those are the best ones. A- apparently, it's a pandemic one because it's, it's, it's newish. Uh, so it's during the pandemic, and I think that's what it means, waiting for death to claim us. Like, you know, it's going to kill us all. We so, have done this pod. We're, we're officially an hour into this episode. You did not finish your Penn Station cookie. I didn't. I feel really weird about eating on microphone. So, oh, does not bother. Did not bother me one bit. I wolf that son of a gun down. By the way, thank you for the uh, Penn Station cookie. That My was, pleasure. That was special. My pleasure. It was. It was fun. I wanted to do it when we were talking about cookies. But now is as good as ever. Now as good as ever. All right. So Sam Talent. Sam Talent. Uh, waiting for death. Or something like that. Waiting for death to claim us. Waiting for death. All right. Amazon Prime. On the old primer. Okay. That sounds good. So we'll get that one moving. And then, so that means that I have to pick a Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. So for Mount Rushmore, um, I'm going to do, let's go with the Mount Rushmore of... <laughs> 1990 World Series Cincinnati Reds. Oh, God, I love this one. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that, last week... Lou Piniella does not count. Okay. Uh, Thank you for saying that. Players only. Players only. Okay. God, I'm just going through the whole roster right now. I'm just... uh, Okay. I want to do it. I wish we could do this just right now. Let's just do it. I just want to do it right now. We just no. talk. So next week we're going to, so basically next week we'll be talking a lot of 1990 world series, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, that's going to be most of the podcast. Probably Eric Davis and Barry Larkin together in the booth last week during a game. Uh, you know, as you say this, this might be a terrible, this might, it's basically going to no, be it, three guys. It's going to be three guys. Who are you going to pick for your fourth? Uh, right. But I, right? I, I mean, it's Larkin, Sabo, and Davis. and Davis, and then who's your fourth? Right? right. Are you a Glenn Braggs guy? Mm-hmm. Are you a Paul O'Neill guy? Luis are, Quinones. Luis Quinones. Are you Mariano Duncan? Herm Winningham. Todd Benzinger. Uh, Billy Bates. Al Morris. I mean, you could be anybody, right? right. Billy Hatcher. Yeah. Sorry, I did the Joe Oliver. I was trying. We were going Jeff back Reed. and forth. Jeff Reed. <laughs> Poor guy. God rest his soul. R.I.P. Yeah, Jeff Reed is the one who was putting his. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the guy who was putting his. Uh, this a long time ago. He was putting a dish on top of his TV. And Bo Diaz. Fell off. Oh, that was Bo Diaz. That's right. That was Bo Diaz. Bo Diaz. Um, did I say Ron Oster? You did not say Ron Oster, but now you did. Mm-hmm. Did I say Tim Liana? Oh, we're going pitchers too. <laughs> I mean, did I say Rob Dibble? <laughs> did I say Jose Rio? <laughs> <laughs> Norm Charlton. Oh, did I say Randy Myers? <laughs> uh, was Rob Robinson? I don't know. He was the, was the was the creature on that team. I don't know. I just got lost. Tom Browning. Tom Browning was on that team. Uh, Jack Armstrong. I mean, Jack Armstrong. You know, it's a heck of a uh, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, Tim Burtis. Oh, <laughs> Tim Burtis. Yeah, that's a good one. You got Scott Scudder. I mean, I was gonna say Scott Scudder, but I couldn't remember if he was on. Was he on that team? I'm pretty sure he was on the team. 
At least during the season. Maybe he wasn't on the postseason roster. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. When did they trade John Franco? Was it, it was right before it was that the year season. Before, yeah, it was 89. Yeah. The end of 89, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we could. T- I mean, we could do a six-hour podcast about the nineteen ninety. So I feel like this isn't any good though, because like I said, it's going to be Sabo, oh, no. Larkin, you gotta, you gotta Davis, down. and then one more. We both got the. I do might, you have anybody besides those three? I might not put Chris Sabo on mine. I'll tell you that right now. Bologna sandwich. Get out of town. There's no way you look at that team and talk about your favorite four Reds from that team and don't put Chris Sabo but on. Since there. it's our favorite four, maybe, maybe he's on. Maybe he's not. Bologna. There. No, I di- I don't believe you. I mean, you're talking about Senor Smoke, uh, Jose Rijo, I, I, World Series MVP, by the way, in 90. Okay, so there's um, your fourth. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's Rijo. Maybe it's um, – I, see, I want to be silly. I put Glenn say, Braggs on, on I, mine. I want to be silly and say Luis Quinones. But uh, that's not silly. The guy played nine positions in one season. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did love Luis Quinones. And Herm Winningham, bunt. Uh, b- master of bunt. Herm Winningham, one of the greatest uh, pinch hitters in all of the 1990 season. <laughs> and and the guy that probably should have been the World Series MVP, Billy, Billy Hatcher. Hatcher. Thank you. I mean, yeah, we could get, we could do a lot with this. We might we might do this, and next week we might have to since it's either next week or the week after is the end of the season that that we can have. Bobby Nightingale Jr. come on with us, so maybe we'll maybe it'll be another All Reds deal next week or the week after or whatever. But we'll, we'll do. Let's do nineteen ninety World Series champs. All right, I just feel like that. I just feel like as I just thought of it, it's going to be way too easy. But all right, uh, you know what? How about this? How about this? No, no, no. I've got it. Okay. Non-starters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that takes off Joe Oliver. Well, it takes out Hal Morris, not Todd Benzinger. Hal Morris was the starting first baseman. Todd Benzinger was the defensive replacement at the end of the game. Okay, there are Your some. Outfield, I'm giving you the outfield right now. I'm giving you the outfield. Billy Hatcher, Paul O'Neill, and Eric Davis. Can't use those three. Okay. You can't use Hal Morris. Can't use Mariano Duncan. You can't use Barry Larkin. And you can't use Chris Sabo. And you can't use Joe Oliver. And pitchers, I mean, oh, almost <laughs> just said you can't use the nasty boys. This is gonna get really fun. <laughs> no, you we can just, go. We just we named the twenty-five man roster earlier, so <laughs> yeah, we're good. We'll use the. We can do the. Uh, we can. And all pitchers are available. All pitchers are available. All pitchers okay. and. I mean and that that kind of makes backup. it easy again. I guess. No. no way, man. I'm not. I'm not throwing all three of the nasty boys on mine. I don't. I'm not either. I'm not either. I might have two of them on that. I'm, I'll probably have one. <laughs> yeah. I did have a favorite nasty boy. I had a favorite player on that team only because of the single event, that the one event that he did during the season that I, as a child, thought was the coolest thing in the world. Racing in the cheetah. fact, my son was racing his do- his sisters the other day on, on scooters and asked, and I was like, dude, you're so fast. I was telling him how to run on his toes instead of flat-footed, and he was like, wow, I feel so much faster. And he asked if there was a cheetah that he could race. <laughs> I got a little Billy Bates back there, brother. Yes, sir. Difference is he's like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, uh, my favorite baseball team of all time. We're going to talk about them next next week, so I apologize for over-talking next week ahead of time. That's going to be fun. Non-starters. I'm, 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 like watching, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm uh, watching. I'm going to watch Wire to Wire this week. 
Very nice. Without yes. a doubt. I'm watching yeah. Wire to Wire just to get a little get a little caught up. You know what I mean? Uh, we might, may, may or not. I don't know. We'll see if we can get this whole apparatus to hook up. There might be some uh, red hot on here. A little, little where the red's red hot uh, that could play. My brother's ringtone when I call his phone is a clip from Wire to Wire. It, ha- it has been for 10 years. What is the clip? It is the um, grounded down the line, fair ball. He picked it up. He picked the ball up in his hat. Uh, no, hold on, hold on. I messed it up. I messed it up. Anyway, uh, who was it now? Tim Liana, I think. I think Liana picked it up, and then he and then he was trying. He's trying to hide behind Bertus. <laughs> like the announcer's like smooth man smooth or something like that uh, i i totally messed it up such but, a weird clip out of everything in there. That's we what we used. we quote it constantly that's when it, that's how <laughs> i started i don't know gotcha um anyway it's yeah we could re- we could probably both recite that entire film oh it's yes that's so good go to school and don't be a user <laughs> Um, Mariana Duncan's part in that, in, I, in that is probably my favorite. That yeah, that makes me want to. Okay, touch these. Yeah, <laughs> God, those <laughs> those really bad '80s and '90s raps that that pro <sighs> pro teams, teams did. did. Oh God, they're so, so bad, so awesome. Yeah, so so fun when you were back then, and and it, you yeah. were in the thick of it and everything. Yeah. Now you look back at those things like, oh my God, that was terrible. All you nasty boys. Oh boy, mm. so bad. Um, okay. Anyway, that's gonna be fun. Perfect. There you go. So we've got uh, Sam Talent waiting for death to take us, or something like to that, claim us, yeah. to claim us. We've got the Mount Rushmore of non-starting fielders from the night from the nineteen ninety. World champion, wire to wire, Cincinnati. From the 1990 wire to wire world champion, Cincinnati Reds. Bingo. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that's all we got, man. So, till next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>